Morning, team. Four minutes past five. It's nice to be company. It is, surprisingly, only Wednesday. I feel as though we've had a week and a half this week. It's just so many things have been crammed in. Yesterday, uh, did the programme, uh, hung around just to make sure that the line to Nick in Washington didn't go down. Got home by about five past nine, little lie down, got myself up, got myself ready, and toddled off to the Dorchester for the South Bank Show Awards. What an afternoon. I'll tell you about it a bit later, but I will tell you that I came back with a goodie bag to end all goodie bags. I've never... I'm no, I don't normally, A, attend these dues, as the people on my table were constantly reminding me, but uh, when you do attend, look at the size of the, this goodie bag. That's the goodie bag. And, admittedly, I did eat two of the Godiva chocolates that came in it. So they... I'm sorry about that, they went. But I must tell you what's in it. This is what everybody got yesterday, and there must have been... I don't know, 400 of us? Something, every celebrity you can think of, from John Sargent all the way through to Rachel Stevens. Uh, I mean, just it'll have to come back to me as the show goes on. But I had a really, really, really good time. And I have to thank the uh, executive producer, Jonathan Levi, very much indeed. What a, do you know, honestly, sickeningly young to be executive producer of the South Bank show, sickeningly good-looking and organised at the same time. But the goodie bags... So this, this is what's in my, in my goodie bag, OK? I've got some uh, Liz Earl Super Skin Moisturiser. Don't laugh, because I was just running out. So that's nice. I've got... Oh, wait a minute. What are these? These are, um... Patisserie Valerie something. I don't know what it is, actually. What is it? I don't know what it is. It's a little box. Should we open it and find out? If it's something edible, the producer will go for it, so that's quite nice. I'd say we've already eaten the, uh, the chocolate. Oh, what's that? Looks quite nice, doesn't it, actually? Patisserie Valley have done, uh... Oh, how lovely. It's a, uh... <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's a dog. Only made out of... I think it's made out of marzipan. I think. Is there anything else in there? Oh, there's something else in the bottom of the box as well. Oh, no, it is the bottom of the box. Very interesting. That's from Patisserie Valerie. I think from, we should try that a bit later. That's quite nice, isn't it? I've also got um, a, a discount off a window box company. If I spend £350, I get £70 off. That's quite nice. Oh, it hasn't finished yet. Oh, we've, we've barely touched the surface of this one. Um, what's that? Oh, that's the, that's the Liz Earl book. Uh, there's all talking of books. There's one here, which is The Map of Me, True Tales of Mixed Heritage Experience, which is very good. And uh, all sorts of stuff, actually. Everybody from uh, Irish and Muslim, German, Liberian, half English, half Pakistani, Chinese, Brummy, Middle Eastern, American, Canadian, Zimbabwean, and many more true stories. So that you get. Oh, that looks nice, doesn't it? This is, uh, I don't know, but it's made in Italy from, uh, from Campo Marzio. We'll open that in a second, because it could be quite interesting. Oh, a cupcake as well. This is the South Bank Show's Cupcake which is really nice, actually. But, oh, luckily, we've got to eat it in about five minutes, so that's good. So that's in there. Uh, we've also got... What's this one here? Oh, something else from Campo... Uh, oh, no, it's just a little label saying it's the South Bank show. This one here, £30 off sandinmytoes.com, which is an online beach company. Good look. You know, honestly, this is fantastic. Uh, also... 30 Years, the complete series, director's cut of the South Bank show, Gavin and Stacey, series two on DVD. All this for free. All this comes with it. It's like going to the Oscars. Oh, the producer will like those ones. Jelly Bellies, 20 flavours. Very nice indeed. Redkin, I have a strange feeling it's something to do with hair, so not much use to me, that one. Uh, this one, two bottles, uh, one of rum and one of three barrels VSOP. It's, it's absolutely like Chris... God knows what this is. This was given to one of the... It's a Lindsay clip. Actually, I can probably give that... I'll give that to, uh, to Susan Spence when she pops in later. Uh, also, 
Oh, the Dorchester. A little book about the Dorchester. My God, it was good. I tell you, the food was delicious. You know me, I don't normally eat fish, but I ate fish yesterday. Some, uh, some, uh, Hendrick gin. Looks lovely. Uh, there's also The Days of Judy. Can't be Richard and Judy, can it? Uh, it's by Rose Heine. So you get that book. You also get this book here, which is called... Oh, this is Linda Grant's The Clothes on Their Back. Linda Grant, I think, got an award yesterday. And then uh, some men's skincare. And this is from uh, Liz Earle. And you get a little... A little... A little packet. Oh, blimey, you get everything in here. You get the squirty stuff and everything. Look at that. Not a bad goodie bag at all. I'm very pleased with that. Jonathan began... God, he's gone through the entire goodie bag. But it really is lovely. It really is super. Never had anything. We've got to find out what this, um, this other thing is in here. But apart from that, I mean, I was on a table with uh, Christopher Biggins, with Jason Donovan, with uh, Alan Bleasley as well, who proudly told me, and I was delighted to have met him, that he said, you mentioned me on your programme a while ago because he wrote... The Herds from the Underworld, and he wrote most of Dave D. Dozy Beaky Mick and Titch's thing. Would you like the, uh, the jelly bellies? Not the jelly bellies? Do you like je- Yeah, you have the jelly bellies. Do you, have, do you have anything to do with your hair? No, no, best not. Best not. Let's, let's not take the mickey out of all of us. And, um, and who else was sitting? Oh, there's all sorts of people who were sitting there. And uh, we had Elaine Page as well, with a new hairstyle. So she was sitting up. Well, we laughed and laughed and laughed. You know, if you're sitting with Christopher Biggins, there's, there's not much way that you can get away with anything. We laughed throughout the whole thing. Not intentionally. It was just... There were so many funny moments. But what a goodie bag. What a goodie bag. And what an afternoon. with champagne and wine and I ate fish. I wasn't... The only thing I didn't like about the uh, Dorchester was the dessert, which was an ice lolly kind of a thing. It came on a, on a tray uh, which had... Uh, dry ice billowing from underneath. It was all very pretty and looked fantastic. But uh, it was just like a lollipop, a chocolate frozen lollipop with an ice cream in the middle of it. Not exactly that exciting. But, but, but you know, nice. It looked impressive as it came in. Unfortunately, it looked a bit more impressive than it actually was. <laughs> but I ate it anyway. Let's see what this thing is here, shall we? This is the Campo Marzio design, made in Italy. But no idea what it is. I don't even open the blooming thing now. Don't you just hate it when you can't get string up. It's like doing your Christmas presents, isn't it? You know the kids manage it. They sit there, they'll give it to me, I'll do it, for goodness sake. This is... Oh, blimey, that's nice, isn't it? You get a pen, and you get a, a diary as well. Which is all very nice. Ooh, very nice indeed. Very impressive. And, uh, and it comes in a nice gift box. It'll be rewrapped and given to somebody for a birthday present. <laughs> Below the producer's seen it now. Anyway, um, doesn't matter. Listen, nice to be company. You weren't expecting a present anyway, were you? I'll wrap you up the cake. Straight. He actually manages to make quite a decent cup of tea, whereas Amanda can't make cup of tea for love nor money. I've, for some reason, I don't... No idea why. No idea why. But I must tell you, I watched yesterday on the television, and Johnny Brixton has just reminded me, and Noreen as well, come dine with me. Now, this week is particularly good because it is the League of Gentlemen meets Abigail's party, says Johnny. The camp Terry Thomas lookalike, the strange-sounding older lady, who got a voice like... Most peculiar. Noreen noticed it. I noticed it yesterday. Uh, there's a, a bitchy, chubby version of Craig Charles from Coronation Street who quite clearly has got, uh, I think, mental problems. I'm being kind to him, because he's sitting at a table and he keeps picking on this blonde, so-called glamour-type model thing, who's another peculiar one. Can't wait to see what her food's like. But uh, it's, he's, he's very odd. It, nobody, you're not speaking to me. Why are you not speaking to me? And I thought, oh, it's a dinner party. You don't have to speak to every single person. I didn't speak to every single person at the table yesterday for the South Bank Awards. 
Um, and it's going to be on the television, and you will see me on the television. So if you want to see what I look like after about three or four drinks, I know that you've been logging onto YouTube. One of them's up to 13,000 of you, so having a, a quick peep. And, uh, and the one at Croydon, I think, is about 1,500, 1,007 now, which is good. But do watch... Do watch Come Dine With Me, because it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it really, really is. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, we haven't got the uh, text up. we get the text up for you, and we'll have a look at those. But it's, it's just... They're all crackers. They're all balmy crackers, people. They're the sort of people, if they're moving next door... And this scary one, who you'll see him tonight, he's, he's just nasty. There's no reason for him being nasty. He's just a nasty person. And he's picking on this, this poor woman who was terrible. Oh, I was sitting next to Alfred Brendel yesterday, who got a, a South Bank Award. He's a pianist. He's a pianist. And a uh, very successful pianist. And I've nicked his nameplate. I've got his nameplate. I don't know why. But he had an award. And it was, it was really good. Oh, that was also something else I've got from the South Bank show. It's a bookmark. Does anybody use bookmarks anymore? Do you use bookmarks? Well, I'm going to give you my 2009 bookmark. Don't, don't thank me just yet. Save it for later. But it's, you've just, you've got a tag price. Oh, really? Well, there we look at this. You can have this one. The South Bank Show Awards 2009 bookmark. Just for you. Pound. Okay, pound. And, uh, don't start being mean at this time of your life. But I've saved my, my invitation. I was at table 14. It was really good. I've never been to anything like it. And well, I've been to, I tell a lie, I've been to award ceremonies, but uh, not generally hosted by such nice people. And what a lineup of celebs. I mean, it really was celeb fest. Everywhere you went, you went, oh, Ronnie Corbett, Ronnie Corbett's wife. And over there is Rupert Henry Jones, or whatever his name is. And, uh, and everybody famous. Oh, look, Tracy Emin, desperately trying to unmake a table. And it was all uh, Cameron McIntosh. Oh, look, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Good heavens, but there's Andrew Lloyd Webber's wife. And there's, good heavens, there's Will Young. Every single table had major celebrities on. I mean, I think ours was the best table, next to the Cameron Macintosh table. If only because of uh, Christopher Bigot, who laughed all the way through it. I mean, it was just... Sometimes I'm trying to stifle, you know, all but sticking a handkerchief in your mouth, because it was just so brilliant. It was just so good. Uh, talking of brilliant, uh, two things. First of all, we have more manners than anybody else. Might come as a big surprise to you, but when I went on the bus the other day, we waited at Tower Hill for the number 15 bus to take us back into town, and the bus arrives and you get the old route master and it's lovely. Well, all the tourists are pushing and shoving. Me being British, I'm sort of going, on you go, you route zone. on you go, go on, push. And they were, they were pushing to get on the upper deck. Must be a bit of a treat for them, I suppose, but Britain's on the Titanic had less chance of surviving than the American counterparts. Why? Because we were going, that's OK, you just go through there. And the Americans were pushing to the front to get into the lifeboats. They pushed their weight, men as well, right to the front. The Brits, off you go, thank you. That's why the Brits are more polite. And, in fact, it's, uh, it's survival of the fittest mentality. That's why the Americans pushed to the front. But that Barack Obama yesterday, I thought it was really good. I sat there thinking, who'd have ever thought a black American president... Who'd have thought in this day and age? And such a nice man. Such a nice man. Admittedly, screwed up a bit of the inauguration speech. But, I mean, for that, you can forgive him just about anything. We might not be so forgiving when it comes to the King's Road in Chelsea. Story about that and how the people at uh, what I thought was a, an icon, an icon of business down there, a lot of antique dealers, are not at all happy. Again, people are changing the face of the King's Road when it doesn't need it. Forget, you've got to get your tax in, it's got to be in by the... Uh, tax doesn't have to be taxing. No, but it's very painful and quite depressing. And it's got to be in by the end of the month, so I'm going to write my cheque out today. 
and cry while I'm doing it, as indeed most people are probably doing. Some people say, why don't you pay it online? No, I prefer to physically write out the cheque and send it off to them, just so I really get the pain going through my fingers at the same time. So, yesterday, South Bank Awards, you get it, I think... On the 28th of this month, I think 10.30 at night, and there's a very good chance, because I'm on a table full of celebrities, that you're going to get a, a sweeping, swooping glimpse of Steve Allen sitting there going, ha, 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 off my trolley, off my... Oh, no, definitely not the back of my head. Definitely will not be the back of my head. They were only doing facial shots. I think that's what they call them. Anyway, thank you, Jonathan, very much indeed. It was, it was very, very nice. A very good day. Incidentally, as we've talked about Come Dine With Me at the moment, I did see the Leslie Joseph Abbey Titmus one. Fantastic. Uh, Biggins is doing it at the moment. In fact, he was off last night going off for dinner with one of the people that he's having. So I can't wait to see how that one turns out. So I said, are they filming at your house? And the truth of the matter is, they're not. And I tell you why they're not, and nobody else knows this. So I'm, I'm hope I'm not telling you. What they're going to do is give him a flat, I think. He has to, he's going to look at the flat today to decide if he wants to use this flat. Um, and it's because when they went in the house, he's got so many pictures that they wanted to know the name of the artists on all the pictures. For some reason. And I think that, I mean, what the reason, well, he can't remember half of them. He said, no, I thought, no, he said so. But anyway, he, he was going off last night, so I can't wait to see that. Because if ever you're going out for dinner and, and you get biggins on your table, it's a li- little bit like having, um, uh, who was the, uh, Fred Housco? Fred Housco is another great one to have at dinner or lunch, because he'll keep the people entertained. Biggins can do it all by himself. Absolutely. I mean, it was, we had such a, such a nice time. At, uh, all due to Jonathan. So thank you, Jonathan, very much indeed. I mentioned the King's Road, and I, I mentioned the fact that uh, the traders there are a bit upset. It's, I think, London's oldest antiques market. It's called Antiquarius in the King's Road. Well, it's owned by another company now. I think they bought it um, in 2006. It's a company called London and Associated Properties. They were the ones who, you remember, got rid of 40 traders from the Mall in Camden Passage in Islington, uh, and I think that was last year, and uh, what they want to do is turn the former tramshed in, tram into a department store. What they want to do with Antiquarius is to make way for an American-style clothing company. So all these little people, who can only afford little rents, because they're only little traders, some have only been going about three years, they're all being kicked out. And loads of people go there. Elton John, Mick Jagger, loads of fame. It's been a part of King's Road for as long as I've been working in London. It's such a shame that uh, a US clothing store is going in there as opposed to something which represents the area. And they must be making enough money, unless, of course, they just want more in this day and age. Apparently, photos, it's for copyright reasons, the producer said. Although I was told, as long as they're not the prominent focus of the shot, you don't have to declare them. Oh, is that for pictures on walls and stuff like that? Isn't it odd, though? Anyway, they're doing it somewhere else. It's easy to do it in sort of another flat, I suppose. Can't wait to see what food he's doing. I said, who are you on with? And he did tell me a couple of them, but I can't remember who the other ones were. It'll come back to me later. Mm. Sorry. It's quite exciting, actually, last night. So when I got in, I wasn't really that hungry, because I'd eaten fish, and, uh, and it was lovely. I think it was monkfish. Or it could have been something, whatever it was. It was on a little bed of mashed potato with a piece of fish on the top with a few well-chosen vegetables and a, I think it was a cream and mushroom sauce. Quite delicious, quite delicious. And I don't do fish. Uh, I mean, I, oh, blimey, I really don't do fish. But this, this was particularly delicious, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the wine, I enjoyed the champagne a lot more. And I'm probably going to enjoy going to a London gym called Gym Box. 
What they've got there is, you know when you go into a gym and they go, would you like to pick up the weights here? This is a, a 30 kilogram weight. Well, they, they, they've changed that. They're not having weights. They're having people. People weights. So they've got two, two midgets, a fat bloke who weighs 155 kilograms, and you can go in and pick them up. They are there specifically to be picked up. So they've got a picture. Uh, so it is a bit, it, you know, looking at it, it does look like Big Brother. So you can lift one of five different sized people, including two midgets and a man who weighs 155 kilograms. The gym already runs a chav fighting self-defence class and wag workouts. So quite clearly they're desperate. So if you want to go and pick up and sort of chuck a midget around, this is the place to go to. To be honest with you, I've never quite understood the sort of the lifting... Pro- I mean, what do, and does, it, does it just do your arms? Because if you're just doing that... Well, why are you looking at me blankly? Have you ever been to a gym? Hopeless, aren't you? Really are. Where, where'd, where'd you get your fit body from? You don't, because you haven't. Uh, but, I mean, it's, but you're doing this, and I'm wondering if that's actually... Because some people lie on their back, don't they? My Aunt Enid was particularly good at lying on her back and sort of... and, and, and lifting up weights. I'm not sure if lifting up a... Per- if a person falls on top of you, I should imagine it's a bit more dangerous. But fun at the same time. 84850, uk. We welcome all your uh, comments on the programme this morning, especially those about uh, come dine with me, because we love that. Darren says Land's End is in Cornwall and not in Devon. Is it? Have we said Land's End? Land's End? Cornwall? Yes, it must be. It's at the end, isn't it? Isn't Devon just a bit before that? Uh, Steve, I never thought a man with the middle name Hussein would be president of the USA in my lifetime. Me neither, but what a, what a nice change, isn't it? And seeing all those people out there yesterday, wasn't that fantastic? A lot of people believe Barak said his piece wrong. No, he didn't say it wrong. What he didn't do, uh, Karen, he couldn't remember. The man went through it and he hadn't finished reading and Barak started to repeat. And so then I had to stop. And then he did another long piece and Barak couldn't remember the second bit of it. So he stopped again and the man repeated it. And then they ended up sort of coming over each other, which didn't uh, actually sound so brilliant. Uh, Mark says, I was glad to read. The most powerful man in the world supports West Ham. Um... Jack in Peckham thinks Latoya should win Big Brother. Fine example of what a woman can do without being vulgar. This is the old broad who got a kit off then for Playboy, so that's class, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. How little we, we forget. How little we forget, Jack. No, she's, she's damaged goods, I'm afraid. Very damaged goods. No, she shouldn't win. Oh, I'm just so pleased to meet all of you. Go away, you're boring. And take the midget with you as well. And as for Coolio, go. Blimey, honestly. They're all balmy, aren't they? All balmy. But at least we've got rid of that uh, drippy old teabag herself, Michelle Heaton. What a bore. Crikey. What a bore. Uh, Brenda says it wasn't Barrack who fluffed it. No, it was Barrack. You watch it back again. He did fluff it. He couldn't remember his lines, and he spoke over the other man. So, uh, I'm never wrong. You should, you should watch it back again. So, he didn't get it wrong. It was the other man. Barrack interrupted him before he'd finished reading, and then the other man started to read it to him, and then Barrack forgot his bit, I'm afraid, as well. And so they then had to read it to him again. You thought he'd have learnt it, or... Or they would have actually put it on autocue. Would have made it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Some stories in the papers today, which unfortunately uh, are going to annoy me, and unfortunately uh, I'm going to be using bad language on the programme, because I had it yesterday, and I'm having it again today, because... Uh, oh, the, the good news is... Do you remember the three, the three young men... I hesitate to use the word young, or men, or even human beings, who raped that girl of 15 with a mental age of nine and then poured caustic soda on her, and... 
I said yesterday, I hope horrible things happen to them in prison. I really hope horrible things happen to them in prison. Nasty pieces of work. In fact, they don't even deserve to live. They really don't. If this had been years and years ago, we'd have brought back the death penalty for people like that. It's just absolutely disgusting. Anyway, at least they're now looking at increasing the sentence. They think that six years for what they did to that girl was almost unbelievable. What judge in their right mind could ever hand out a sentence of six years? I've got no idea. 84850, steve at The career of Matt Stevens is in turmoil last night. Why? He's a cokehead. Unfortunately, here we are again. He says, I've thrown away my career because I took cocaine, a recreational drug. Uh, He says here, I was tested for a prohibited substance, but it's not performance enhancing, so you can take what you want from that. What a stupid man. Fancy throwing away your career for a a few bits of cocaine. What a complete prat you are, Matt Stevens. Anyway, he's been uh, suspended immediately. He plays for Bath. Suspended from all competitions, dropped from the England squad. Despite winning more than 30 caps, he's a cokehead. There's no two ways about it. What amazes me is that you then get people saying, we're going to do everything we can to provide Matt with the support he needs at this difficult time. Ah, sod off. I'm so bored with these people. Making excuses for people. Oh, I'm so sorry he took cocaine. He took it willingly. He took it willingly. These people do. And then afterwards, they go, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I have to go and do this and I have to go and do that. No, no, no. Your own fault. You have thrown it all away. You've thrown it all away. What a shame. Uh, here's this 15-year-old girl again, Laura Stainworth. She doesn't appear to be being abducted by this man at all. The man who met her on the internet, he is also on bail pending claims he raped a 16-year-old. Um, I had to, I only thought about this this morning, because yesterday I was thinking she looked like the sort of girl who chatted to somebody on the internet. He's an old man. She's 15. She's borderline 16. Borderline 16, and as far as I'm concerned, what is the, what is the difference between a 15-year-old having sex and a 16-year-old? It's a few days. Do most people nowadays, don't, you know, I don't think I'm that naive, do most people actually go, oh, I'm not going to have sex, I'm going to wait till I'm 16? No, of course they don't. They carry on and do it straight away. <laughs> 28 minutes to six. It's Wednesday morning. You know, I keep thinking it's another day this week. I keep thinking it's Friday. Definitely not. No, Lorraine, you need to watch it again. Uh, it was Barrack who made the mistake. He couldn't remember what the man had said, and so stopped. And the man had to repeat it again to him, so he could then pick up on what it was. So I've just watched it again now. So, uh, admit you've made a mistake. Go on. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, were Richard and Judy at the awards? No. Richard and Judy, sadly, not there. I think they're busy. Richard preparing for something which is going to hopefully get him an audience... Uh, I've got no idea what... I've got no idea how they can rescue their, uh, their sh- Actually, I've just moved that microphone. I suddenly realised it's now right. It's even worse place it was before. Never mind. Susan Spence joining us in a, uh, in a moment. We'll have a, a chat to her very quickly. Let's have a look through some of the other papers and see what, uh, what other stories, apart from Barack Obama, who quite uh, deservedly gets loads and loads of coverage. Is this offensive? Radio 1 DJ Chris Moyles joked about the Auschwitz concentration camp. He was telling on his breakfast show how he delved into his family history for a spot on Who Do You Think You Are? His parents were Irish. He said, I went off to Ireland and other places to film, and unlike a lot of the Who Do You Think You Are shows, I didn't go to Auschwitz. Pretty much everybody goes there, whether or not they're Jewish. They just seem to pass through there on their way to Florida. Uh, I think, actually, he's probably... He won't get censured for it, but, I mean, I think he needs to do an apology on that one. It's not a very nice thing to say, because uh, it was the largest concentration camp. A million Jews lost their lives there together with other people as well. And uh, BBC admitted they were looking into the comments after complaints. They probably only got a handful of complaints. I would think so, actually. 
I don't think too many people take anything that seriously. Although, strangely enough, if you go back into Everest history, if you go down to uh, the National Geographic store on Regent Street, one side of Regent Street, which is still standing at the moment, they'll do your family history, and it will turn out that most of us come from Africa. Most of us come from Africa, and that includes you as well. If you trace it back far and far and far and far, it's Africa. And you can't change it. That's the way it is. It costs about £75. It's quite a good thing to do. I'm going to go and get it done, I've decided, just to find out where the, where the family originally came from. But I'm told Africa. Nelson Mandela said the other day, a young man who dared to dream. I don't think there's any daring to dream at all. It was a young man, irrespective of colour, race, creed, whatever it happens to be, who got to the White House. And uh, now he's got to prove himself. He's got a hell of a job. I think some people think it's going to happen overnight. They think he's going to go in there and go, right, we're going to sort out that. We're going to sort out the recession. We're going to sort out the economy. We're going to sort out uh, people who are homeless. And it's not going to happen. It's going to take a long time because people are going to turn around and say, well, that you can't do at the moment. I'd quite like to see uh, Gaza sorted out. In fact, yesterday, one of the uh, recipients of one of the South Bank Awards was talking about the Gaza. In fact, he became quite emotional quite emotional. He was a performance artist, and I think he, he, uh, he sprayed he sprayed cans, and he was there. And he got quite emotional, and I can quite understand it, and he got a, a suitable huge round of applause, because people were, were very free with their applause yesterday. Was, you know, most people actually, uh, you know, absolutely clapped their way through it. I mean, at the end, my hands were so sore, so sore through, through clapping, and just looking around the tables going, oh, that's so-and-so. Ronnie Wood, oh, he's having a drink. How interesting. In fact, we were all having drinks, but it was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Declan Donnelly has finally found a girl to share a Saturday night takeaway with. Sky babe, Georgie Thompson. Just remember Georgie, he comes with a history. He couldn't stay faithful to the last one, so I hope it's going to work with you. He should have learnt his uh, uh, lesson. Matt Stevens again, wept after testing positive for cocaine and admitted it's ruined my life. Well, it's your fault, isn't it? I've got no sympathy whatsoever. And Jane Moore echoes what everybody else was saying and what we were saying yesterday on the programme. So let's get this straight. The four-judge lineup works perfectly well on the X Factor, but apparently the same format hasn't cut the mustard on Britain's Got Talent. A spokesman for the show, the producer's talkback Tem, said, with huge regret we have agreed with ITV not to proceed with a fourth judge. In other words, says Jane Moore, what we said yesterday, it took them six days to realise that Kelly Brook is just a pretty face. Dim as a plank. In fact, quite, well, strangely enough, and the producer just said, did they not watch The Big Breakfast? Alison Pearson said exactly the same. This is the girl who, when she went to Celebrity Love Island, was so thick, Patrick Kilty stopped talking to her because she was so bland and useless. Uh, the Big Breakfast dropped her because she couldn't read auto cue, and when the auto cue didn't work and she couldn't understand the word, she just sat there staring at it. Dim as a plank. Looks lovely, but thick, I'm afraid, and sadly she wasn't there yesterday. But Rachel Stevens was. Do you know she's about as big as, as one of the Muppets? She's, she's tiny. I can't tell you how tiny she... Even Biggins said... He said, where's the rest of you? I mean, she's tiny girl. Really tiny girl. Talking of tiny girls... She's back with us in the... <laughs> oh, no, sorry, do beg your pardon. It's Susan Spence. <laughs> yeah, monkey, I bought you a gift from the awards. Did you? Yes. Thanks very much. It well, excuse me, it's a very good goodie bag. Is it? Oh, what, I, what did you get in it? Tell us. Oh, look, well, I had to have just... that. That's the goodie bag. Ooh, we'll see a few books in there. Oh, there's books, there's DVDs. There's every, if, you, if you want the books, take take the books. Ooh, Linda Grant. The she she won an award, Linda Grant, yesterday. 
The Days of Judy yeah. B. Good what stuff, isn't it? Good book. Oh, take those, please. Take them. He'll have no bag left. Well, well uh, to be honest with you, I did bring it in. I, I only want, I do want the South Bank Award DVD, but you can have Gavin and Stacey DVD you if know, you I've want. I've never seen Gavin Me and neither. Stacey. Me neither. What is this? The, the Nap of Me, True Tales of Mixed Heritage Experience. Which sounds quite appropriate, doesn't it? Seeing as we've just elected, yes. or the Americans have just uh, had Barack Obama there. What a day, what a day. And I've, I've saved you that as well. I've, I'm going to give you that, because I think that's very apropos for you. Okay. You're very lucky you're in today. The producer say, just got some jelly beans <laughs> and a bookmark. <laughs> it's my day. <laughs> it's your day today. Ooh. Oh, so I knew she'd like that. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that good? Oh, yes. There no, you go. I, I, this is a, this is a, a beautiful <laughs> look, at the, look at the envy on his face. Look at that. Look, oh, green he's Gary, gone. you've missed out. And this light, pale, dusty blue colour yeah. is yours. It's, it's let leather. Let me tell everybody what it is, because I'm moving an eye and nobody's got a clue what it is. It is it's a beautiful uh, leather... Notebook, uh, notebook, notebook. Um, notebook. There's what they call them in, in Scotland. Yeah, notebook. Yeah, <laughs> which brand is it? Oh, it's, it's Campbell. <laughs> of course, it's, an, it's Campbell. We call them noties. <laughs> oh, it's very nice. Thank nice, you very much. It? And it's got a lovely little pen to yeah, go with it. Cool. Campbell Marzio. So there you go. Oh, thank you very much. I like that. Oh, I picked the right day to come in. This you morning, did absolutely. I? As I say, all he got was a bookmark, but he seemed quite happy with the bookmark and the jelly beans. Ooh. So I mean, I'm, I'm not going to push it. <laughs> well, you know me, I love a good little, uh, I love a good book, and I love to have a nice notebook and pen, so yeah. it's perfect for me, thank you. <laughs> what else do we have in this book? Oh, there's tons of stuff in there, it's just, it's wonderful, isn't it? The only thing you can't have is the DVD of the South Bank Awards, but the rest of it you can, you can faff through. That's a <laughs> little a cupcake little from the South Bank Awards, which has got, the, do you know you can buy these cupcakes now, you can put a picture of the producer on there if you so desire. Oh, and you can have, that's what Colleen had at her wedding, do you remember? Had a picture of Colleen and, uh, and that husband of hers. Oh, yeah. On the top of cupcakes and i'm going to a wedding uh, at the end of this month anybody special? sorry it's what the shrek edition it's very cruel shrek. obviously i wouldn't mind me being that cruel but uh, i'm going to a wedding at the end of this month and the wedding cake i'm told is made out of all cupcakes oh i've been to one oh it's lovely when they do that oh is it it's so much better because you all um, get a cupcake in fact, do you remember? Oh, is that right? Do you oh, remember right. Vanessa Langford, who used to do showbiz? Yes, absolutely. Years ago, her wedding cake um, was like that. She had um, made of um, cupcakes. Of cupcakes. And my niece, who got married in South Africa last year, oh. hers was cupcakes. Well, Giles's wedding cake is going to be cupcakes. cupcakes it's, yeah. it's, it's the thing to do. Yeah. Now you see, there is some wax for my hair, which which I'll. Uh, oh, do you want that? Like. Yep. Oh right, I'm taking it all. Have it you all. noticed you're taking everything? Oh look, super skin moisturizer. No, you're not having that. that. Oh no, I'm not. No, you can't that. have that. I've already bagged that one. Bag that one. And also the little bag that's something. got. Yes, I've got to take something. I've taken nothing else. <laughs> no, 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 it's booze. It's booze. I'm toying with the idea of throwing a whiskey, but I'm having breakfast this morning with Jenny Barnett, and I'm not really sure that you know we've got to be one of us has got to be sober. That's right. I need to prepare for it so <laughs> and we did get chocolates we had a little box of godiva chocolate i ate those i'm afraid in the car going home well that's okay that was I'm quite sweet wasn't it, it? there's was only two in there anyway Hard, hardly a meal in itself sailor jerry spiced rum Ooh. i know i like that i quite like the other spiced rum you got uh, some brandy yes well while, while you plow through that let me just tell people that uh, glamour girl jordan has called for a new punishment for rapists they should be raped themselves she said she's quite intelligent really uh, the tough talking star the thickest bird on the planet, you mean, uh, says, uh, the way I see it, it's an eye for an eye. So if somebody rapes a girl, he should be bent over and the same thing done to him. She's quite clearly more stupid than you ever imagined in your entire life. Uh, she says, I'm very strict. And if somebody steals, they should have to wear a dye on their skin, like a tattoo on their ear. Oh, sort of like the, perhaps the Jews, Jordan, perhaps you were an advocate of, you know, tattooing people. 
Dear God in heaven, what planet is this woman on? Quite clearly, nowhere. She said it would stop people stealing. Really? You are stupid, aren't you? My godfathers. You don't realise, do you, that somebody can be that thick until you read the pronouncements of the so-called glamour model Jordan. Although there is a girl in the paper today who you will feel sorry for because she spent £30,000 trying to look like Jordan. Unfortunately, mm. I it's know. A waste of money. Oh, it is a complete waste of money because she looked better before she started messing about with the uh, surgery. Now she just looks like the proverbial dog's dinner. And if I see another picture of brave Jade Goody with uh, somebody called Kevin Adams, who says, Campus Christmas, I think he's some fitness guru on the television. But frankly, Kevin, you're a, you're a bit campy poos, aren't you? A little bit. It's just photo opportunity stuff. That's all it is. And uh, we read no more into it at all. Have you finished ploughing the bag now? Stolen everything in you. <laughs> just taken it all. What have I been left? What have I been left? Um... Well, you've got everything you yeah. need in there. I've All got the, the booze. You've got the booze. You've right. got the moisturiser. You've what got the men's got? cloth thing. Oh, I've shit. got uh, the books, yeah. the Gavin and Stacey DVD. Yeah. I've got the lovely notebook that you have that you gave me. Yeah. And I've got some hair gel. So there you go. All in all, very successful well, day. Very successful morning's work. Very successful morning. 20 morning's. to 6. It was worth coming in. It Actually, was? It's not 20 to 6, it's 17 to 6. Oh, well, you know. I don't get Because people... I, I panic. I've got clocks. All the clocks in my place are wrong. I've discovered, if I want to know the real time, I've got to go to the television. So I sit there and I look at the television. If I look to the left and I've got um, one of those music centre... Sounds naff, doesn't it? A music music centre. No, it's not a music centre. <laughs> I'm taking that back straight away. It's not. It's, it's not a music centre. <laughs> it's, it's not a ghetto blaster. Like no, dad. stop it. You're, make, you're making me ill now. <laughs> it's called... Oh, it's a Bose Wave station oh, a Bose right. Wave. It's not a music centre. God it dear, I got quite panicky there. Imagine, Bose would shoot you. Oh, they would. I know. I'm center. sorry, Bose, or Bosey, or whatever they call themselves. It Bose, yes. But it's, it's very nice. It's got two speakers in it, and you play CDs, and it's a radio. And so I've got a different time on there to the clock that's in the bathroom, mm. to the clock that's in the bedroom, to the clock that's in the second bedroom, to the wristwatch I've got, and to, and to the clock that's on the Bose Wave station. And is this an intentional move? No. Right. I sometimes sit there thinking, oh, it's right, I've got another ten minutes, I'll put my feet up, and then I think, nope, that clock is slow. I remember that clock slows, and I have to go to the television and check it all out. Could I make a suggestion? Yes, put them all right. Yes. Yes, I thought you liked that. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> no. Actually, a friend of mine has said, you're on form today. Love the Jordan comments. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Let's I mean, what a stupid thing well, to say. Yeah, I mean, this woman's like... as dim as a brush. She's got to find something to say, hasn't she? Because she's not, you know, if she, she's not in the paper for at least, you know, every second day, then it's like, oh, But you'd think that on. the husband would go, shut up, silly girl, silly girl. He's not that much better, is he, really? He's, he's not more intelligent, unfortunately, I don't think. But she has disappeared from the papers because, I mean, I can't imagine what she's going to pronounce next. Perhaps she can sort out the bank. I wish somebody had asked her about the banking crisis. That would be a good one. That would be funny. Or failing that. So what would you do about Gaza? She'd say, well, I'd, I'd put him back in the priory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, can't you, for Jordan. That would be absolutely that classic Jordan line. Uh, more on uh, Vic and uh, and the husband. My God, she's been so airbrushed in that picture. It's, I haven't seen uh, the paper Well, yet, so. I, I can't... It's, it's Victoria Beckham modelling underwear, but she's so thin, it looks like they've superimposed her head on the body and they've tried to make her look like Audrey Hepburn. Unfortunately, when you see her, she looks like some frail woman who's about to drop dead. Oh. I mean, she was pictured out with, with Dave the other night, and he was holding her up, and she was looking at the pavement, and you think, she's got no poise, nothing at all. She can't look straight ahead. She looks at the floor. She's going to end up with one of those necks, you know, where you can't lift your neck up? Yeah, I was she's worried be like that. Take little stooped 
backs that she that you get if you because you know you can feel it yourself if if you've been stooped forward. Yeah. Like it, sometimes if you if you play any of these um, you know PlayStation Wii things, if you're sat in the same oh, position for any length of time, you think, oh my god, I'm stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> it I takes know. a while. You have to. Well, we all do that. I mean, the producer was telling me he was in a position the other day that to call somebody round to get him out of it. All right, we're doing the headlines, just explaining about your predicament, which apparently we can't talk about for legal reasons. <laughs> Quarter to six. Morning, everybody. Ten to six, very nearly. Uh, Nick, this morning, live in Washington, D.C., President Obama's first day in office. Did the speech live up to expectations? Will America's relationship with the Muslim world fundamentally change? And he'll be looking at the fashion. Did Michelle Obama shine? And also, as the latest unemployment figures are released, will it be more bad news? Join Nick live in Washington, D.C. from seven for the day's top stories. Susan Spence is with us in the studio as well this morning. Good morning. And, um... Oh, so I was just reading that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do, you, you know, somebody's you saying I'm trying to get hold of some there. Obama fans in California. Oh, and I thought, yeah. well, somebody sent that to me, and I've just realised they've emailed it to everybody. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's why. Uh, 84850, uh, What was I going to mention? I was going to mention something. Did you watch the... Uh, do you know, that's funny, I was just about to say to you, did you watch yeah. any of it? Um, I got in just in time. I, I left at about uh, half past three, the Dorchester. By the time I'd remembered where I put the car... <laughs> It's expensive, but four hours, £16 to park a car. Could have bought the blooming thing for that oh, price. Oh, that's actually not that bad, I don't think, no. around that way. No, it's probably not too no. bad. But then you hit all the traffic going home. Did you remember oh. your congestion charge? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm paid up until March. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, I, I think oh, I'm paid up until March. Oh, God, you better check, just <laughs> yes, in I'm case. Pretty, yes, I am, I am, yeah. Um, yes, I, I, I didn't really see a huge amount, but I have to admit, um, I saw the... Oh, I thought which was very amusing. I would have loved to have been inside that car when um, President Bush, who was president at the time, uh, got in the car with Barack Obama and they made the drive um, from the White House down to Capitol Hill. And they both get in there, and I thought it was so amusing because I just thought, what are they saying to each other? Because, of course, it's the last sort of gasp as such for President Bush. Yeah. Because, um, of course, after that, everybody's like, oh, who are you? Of course, clearly they wouldn't say who, who are you. But he, he loses all his... He doesn't lose all his security and privileges as such. No, he, he's still it just got... completely scaled down, though, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it must be, after eight years, it must be so bizarre to be the number one man, and then all of a sudden people just really not bother well, about it. the wife you. said she was looking forward to going out shopping. I thought, yeah, you, the security man, man yeah. the, the people in the limousine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would have loved to have been inside that car to hear what oh, they had, it, what, they, what they were saying. Oh. What a wonderful, lovely-looking car as well. Mm. Um, I was hearing, though, that they did a programme on it earlier in the week about how it was made and the fact that a bomb or anything could go off underneath it and it would still come away unscathed <laughs> because of the way that it, it had been made. But it was a beautiful Just car. That's what you need to hear, isn't it, you know? Um, because security must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I know that people who were covering it um, said that you pretty much had to get in very, very early. It was a, a bit of a... a, a, a a hoo-ha uh, being vetted and everything and once you were in you were like right okay what do we do now because it's hours to go until it actually starts but i didn't see i saw i think maybe a couple of minutes of his speech as i was walking past the television um in a building and that was it i didn't see the rest of it um i have heard this morning though and also having a quick look at the front pages on mm. my way in that um some people are saying that his uh, his speech inauguration speech was a little bit disappointing 
Well, I thought it was okay, actually. I thought it was okay. He said the right things. I think people were expecting a little bit more my fellow Americans yeah. kind of thing, and it wasn't like that. It was played down a bit. But I thought it was it was very well written, whoever wrote it. Well, he's got his, his chief speechwriter. Is, is actually quite a young guy. He's the youngest speechwriter that they've ever had in the yeah. White House. Um, and they expect great things of this guy, and he was the chap who wrote everything whilst he was on the campaign trail. Mm. Um... But, yeah, I haven't heard it, so it would be unfair of me to say it was good, bad, or, or indifferent. But you know what? I just think there's so much pressure on this guy oh, yeah. to perform like never before. And it's always the telling thing, isn't it? The first hundred days are the crucial time. Is he going to be able to cope with it? Because although he's got the charisma and he talks the talk, he's actually relatively inexperienced mm. to take on a job such as this. Totally inexperienced. But yeah. he's good at talking the talk. But, as they've always said, for every president of the United States, all they want is the front man. The decisions will be made behind the scenes. They'll tell him what to say, mm. when to say it, who to say it to. But that's one of the reasons, isn't it? He surrounded himself. All the people that mm. are backing him up are very experienced people. Um, he's been quite clever in that respect. And, you know, having his Secretary of State as Hillary Clinton, who will be the face of, um, you know, of the US overseas. Although I did hear that Hillary has already employed many, many other advisors mm. who will go. Uh, travelling around the world on her behalf. Yes. So, because they're thinking, ah, he'll get rid of Hillary by putting her out that way, giving her a job, but putting her out into, onto the and world stage. And she's determined. And she's actually thinking, uh-uh, no, I'm going to spend more time in the States than you think I am. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yes, I mean, I, I would advise him, watch her. <laughs> yeah, I would watch her very, very carefully, because, to be honest with you, and I know a lot of people like her, I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. I think she's extremely devious. She's not going to miss an opportunity. She he thinks she's going to get one over on him, she's got another thing coming. I think that his advisers will be saying, you know, let's watch her, sir. Yeah, I, I, but I think it's quite a shrewd move to have her on oh, yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have to admit, as you know, I was a Hillary fan mainly because I wanted her to be the first female president of the mm. United States. Um, and I did feel sorry for her when I saw the cameras pan to her yesterday in amongst all that pomp. And there's no way that anybody could not be thinking it should have been me. It's like that song, mm. you know, that... Who sang that song? Is it Yvonne Edelman or something it was, like that? No, no, no. It was, um... Oh, God. It got it to the church been. and it should have been and me. I, I love that song. It should have been me. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. It, it's, oh, I, I can't remember who it is now. Somebody no. will tell us. Yeah. Yeah. The White House have actually phoned up. They're wondering if you want to come over and join the staff to give advice. <laughs> well, I tell you the one thing that it was good to be in America yesterday, black, because every ball was trying to get as many black people to it as humanly possible. Mm. And in fact, the Daily Mirror tried to jump on the bandwagon because to do the comment on President Obama and the speech, the nearest that they could find was their black sports writer called Darren Lewis. So they've had to put a picture mm -hmm. of Darren Lewis there to prove that he's black and that he can talk about this. And then everybody else wheeled out, you know, various MPs and things like that. He said, if you were black in Washington or you were black here yesterday, chances are you probably appeared on a radio or television programme. I found it incredibly patronising at times. Well, it is, it is patronising, but I did hear one little soundbite from uh, one of the people in the crowd who basically said, you know, she had two little girls who were something like five and six, and she said, you know what, when I was their age we were not allowed, we were turned away from restaurants, mm. we were not allowed to sit in a particular area of the bus. She said, I never thought I'd see the day come that we would have a black president. So I think from that respect, I think that's one, obviously one of the reasons why they speak to people like that, because it's such a change uh, in, in a relatively short period of time. I mean, if you think about it, 40-odd years, less than 40-odd years. He's such a target, though, isn't he? 
He's such a target. Well, I mean, you can imagine the security around him will be stepped up really to absolute over the max. It would have to be. Well, it would have to be. I mean, yesterday, I mean, I think they had everything covered. In some ways, it was never going to happen. If something was going to happen, it wasn't going to happen yesterday. I think the problem is now that they think, well... <laughs> just saw that clip there. I'm just watching it's him so on the television dancing with his wife, and he quite clear... <laughs> he can't dance, but there's another bloke next to him as well, <laughs> who was doing the whole sort of... Kind That's of dance. None of them can dance. No, they it's can't so embarrassing, dance. embarrassing, I find it? it very, very embarrassing, it a is. black guy who can't dance. I mean, what's going on here? We tell him he can't sing next. But, so, but that was so funny. You've got a million cameras on you. And it's like, OK, we'll dance. But he's had to do that like... at ten balls yesterday. Yeah. Ten balls he had to go to. There was a children's one, there was a neighbourhood thing, and every one, they were trying to find loads of black people to make up the numbers, so it didn't make it look as though it was an all-white kind of event. But I, th I thought it was good. I think he held his own. He didn't come across as nervous. He, he's very good at reading his lines. He mm. can do that. And it was nice to see all the stars out there. Muhammad Ali turned up and Don King. Most peculiar outfit he was wearing. But if you want peculiar hats, Aretha Franklin kind of ba bagged that one. But uh, they were all there. They brought out the big guns. Mm. And it worked. So good luck to him. I'm not sure about the coat that his wife was wearing. It's a little bit old lady coat. Well, let me see. Yeah, a little bit. It's the kind of thing the Queen would wear, but in a, a slightly trimmed-down version, isn't it? It looks like that kind of thing. Oh, it's a little bit fussy, isn't it? It's a bit it? fussy. Yeah. But there again... It's a little better, but... Because I mean, she's an attractive lady. Oh, yes, but I'm presumably they, they, they will have fashion advice saying, and this is what you'll be wearing, and she's going, well, I'm not really sure about that. Mm. <laughs> not really sure. 84850, uk. Everybody watching, come dine with me, and absolutely loving it, and a lot of people jealous of the goodie bag. In fact, people volunteering to come around and have a rummage. But, uh, <laughs> it's as been you rummaged. know, <laughs> Susan has, uh, has rummaged it, I'm afraid, already. Uh, I watched Barack yesterday. Uh, he did fluff his lines, but it made him very enduring. His wife and daughters are lovely. I think the whole family look lovely. They do. I just hope that he's going to run the uh, the course, because there's going to be middle America who ain't going to like him at no. all. But, you know, for that, we just, uh, we keep our fingers crossed. It's LBC 97.3. You probably... Morning, everybody. It's seven minutes past six. You're waking up on an historic morning. It's the second uh, time that Nick Ferrari will be coming live from Washington. And then he's uh, not here tomorrow, being Thursday. Andrew Pearce will be here, but Nick will be back in the studio on Friday. Pff, what a time to have been there. They always say you remember these historic events, and I seem to be having more and more historic events that I'm remembering. The uh, death of Winston Churchill, shooting of JFK, death of Elvis Presley, now Barack Obama being elected. It's fantastic, the things. You know, I feel sorry for people who have just been bored and they've got nothing mm -hmm. uh, they've had to look forward to. But at least you'll have had this one, which is something to put in the, uh, in the diary for the kids. Susan Spence is with us. Good morning. And Kelly Brook, <laughs> according to the paper... Now, you'd have thought that Simon Cowell would have realised, but I think that he booked her to get £100,000 worth of cheap publicity. You couldn't buy this sort of publicity because it made every single newspaper she'd been signed. I think mainly all the people in the business were so surprised that she'd been signed for anything because she looks lovely, but she's, she's, she's blank. There's nothing past that look at all. She can't ad-lib, she can't do anything at all, but she's going to get, for each of the six shows, £33,000 per show. We're in a recession and she's going to get £33,000 per show. Now... She claims, a source said, people close to Kelly are furious about this. <laughs> yeah, right. She's got loads of coverage and she's got 200,000 quid in her pocket for doing nothing. She's been royally screwed over. How can he judge whether she'll fit in after a short time? 
Well, she can't present. You better go look at her track record to realise that this woman cannot present. Apparently, Kelly was being comforted at a home by Danny Cipriani. Being comforted. <laughs> that bit of the stick going, yeah, got 33,000 quid per show. So she's got the £200,000. But so, isn't uh, she a bit... Was that what her deal was for if she did the whole show? Or was that just what she was getting paid per... No, I, I think she was going to get £200,000, and what, what they've actually done is they've said, well, listen, we will pay it, so it works out at £33,000 per show, because you've only done six shows. Mm. So it was 200000 for the series, but because you're not very good, and we've realised, because all the other shows work with four judges, there's no reason why it wouldn't work with her, it's just that she can't present... Well, they said that, which the, that apparently the story was that, that he is quite good friend with her, friends with her and wanted to do something for mm. her. And then, of course, when she actually got down to doing it, they're saying that because you've got to think on your feet quite quickly and come up with something different each time she that's can't. half interesting, she, it didn't seem possible that she could do that. And, and it you don't apparent. think that the most powerful man in television didn't know this? I think Simon well, Cowell, who knows how to get publicity, would say, listen, for 200,000 quid, it's worth it. But if they're mates, would he really do that to her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what in God's name are you eating? Are you eating that dog? No. Oh, you're eating the thing, me, the little cupcake. Is mm. it nice? Mm. <laughs> it's it's like, quite nice. All I'm seeing is this little head. Well, I was about to say bobbing up and down, but I better not say that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not eating the icing, though. That's the good news. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm eating why all of it apart from the of... icing, yeah. Oh, OK. Right. So, there you go. I mean, she, she's got the money. Yeah, but you know what? With something like that, if you think about what that show did for Amanda Holden... Yes. Um, it, it's not just a case of the money. It's the profile. It's the fact that it opens other doors for you. It is a very high-profile show. It's like, I mean, look what happened with Cheryl Cole on oh, The yeah. X Factor. I mean, mm. her, her whole world has been transformed because of that. Oh, you thought we were dealing with sort of the, the Virgin Mary again. Mm. Although, strangely enough, uh, The Mirror have found somebody who appeared on Britain's Got Talent... Uh, Michael Hayter, who appeared at the Manchester edition, said she was useless, really terrible. Backstage, as I could see she was giving uh, the buzzer to loads of acts really quickly. She wasn't giving anybody a chance and looked nervous and edgy. The other judges seemed to know what they were doing, but she looked amateurish. She was just copying them. Well, I suppose, I mean, to be fair, they have done a couple of series together. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Thank you, um, Gary. <laughs> um... <laughs> I just d- I non-stop don't know. I was people. It's not Amanda Thank you, today, Gary. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome. That's <laughs> not Amanda. It's not Amanda. No, no. no. Not enough hair Doesn't for Amanda. Look- <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, where we're going with that one? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> either way, she's got two hundred thousand pounds, yeah. and she can't complain. We would all love it. We would all love £200,000. Uh, Waitrose staff have filed off a volley of vile insults at their customers. This is the day after Tesco staff went on Facebook and started slagging off their customers, saying they smelt and everything else. Apparently, Waitrose staff have said here, uh, one Manchester work- worker wrote, and I quote, Pikey skanks wait around until the last minute to get the discounted stuff. Now, the choice, I've been in Waitrose. It's quite classy, Waitrose, isn't it? It was part of John Lewis Group, yes. They've also said most of them are mad, they're smelly and ugly. I would have thought that was just the people who work on the till. You want to come round our way? Oh, dear me. Well, they did have, wasn't it, at the weekend, um, I think it was Marks and Spencer's (laughs) staff um, were were caught on Facebook having a go at people, um, you know, about um, bags in particular, uh, plastic bags. When they say, when they said, offer them a bag, would, would you like a bag? Oh, well, they're five pence. Oh, no, no, I think I'll be fine. Oh, actually, they're free today. Oh, okay, then I'll have three. 
um, things like that because they're so mean. <laughs> That's my, they talk about Marks and Spencer's customers. So I think it's just one of these things now that M&S... But doesn't everybody say that? Do you not think people who actually run restaurants go, oh, we had Santa in the other night. Oh, my God. Of course. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. I, I'll come in here in the morning, I'll say, oh, so, no, you know, I've, oh, so-and-so producing today. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, except where, of course, Gary's here, because Gary's lovely. But apparently, uh, one woman in the Finchley store called one customer a dirty old loon. A dirty <laughs> seems, seems appropriate, doesn't it? And added, you know the one who you can smell in fruit and veg when she's on the drinks aisle. Yeah, well, but you see, that's This is quite true. normal conversation. You would have this anywhere. And I'd, I'd defer anybody who says differently is a liar, yeah. because every single member of staff does it. They do. It's human nature, though, that you do that. I mean, you know, punters would say the same thing if they were in the store, but like, God, what's that smell? Well, there's one here. A colleague at the same shop boasted of his love for a woman customer. He said, all the lads know who I mean. The six-foot stunner with massive natural bristles and a boyfriend who looks like he might kill you for looking at her. <laughs> and there's one here that says, a Norwich employee wrote, we have this ridiculously dressed fat old woman come in. She's really ugly and wears almost black eyeshadow. Yesterday, Waitrose spokesman said this is completely unacceptable behaviour. Oh, for heaven's <laughs> sake. Grow up, you silly little thing. They need Good to worry about more important things, don't they, yeah. than something like that, for Listen, sake. every single store does it. Admittedly, it doesn't look quite good when they go online. But I've, I've said before, you know, if you go into Iceland... There's a lot of people with skin complaints and smelly in there. It's in every single shop. They're the same people. They go from shop to shop. There's one woman who shoplifts regularly in Marks and Spencers. She's quite clearly mad. She goes and she openly shoplifts, hmm. and the staff have to go up and go put it back on the shelf. Oh yeah, I put it back on the shelf. But she does it in every store. Does it in every store? But you see, you know what? I mean, this might just be me, but sometimes people like that, I feel a little bit sorry for them because they're just filling their day with something. And they don't mean, they're not like shoplifters in the true sense of the word who, who are really trying to fleece you. It's just that there's something, you know, they just mm. like do it because either they've got nothing else to do or, they're, you know, they're not quite, um, well, they're not quite all with us, really. No. Um, so they don't mean it maliciously. Not all with us. They don't That's mean it politely. I know. They're, quite, they're not all there, you know. They're not the full they're shilling. They're not the full shilling. The, light, the lights are not on all the time. The lift does not go to the top floor. They're not horrible shoplifters. No. I mean, I know I'm probably going to get lots of emails to you now coming in saying, well, that's fine for you if you don't own a, you know, an independent store or yeah. something like that. But if, like, you're Marks and Spencer's lady and they know that she doesn't, they, you're like, listen, put it away. They're like, okay, then. And off she goes. She'll go off to Tesco or wherever else yeah. and do the same thing. She doesn't mean it maliciously. It's those who shoplift lift, you know, and stuff everything up their jumper and run off and steal mm. and make a living out of it. Those are the ones I object to. Those are the ones whose legs we want to break. But that's yes. the caring <laughs> side of us coming out this morning. Apparently, a, a good friend of mine says it was the Cheryl Cole factor with Simon. He thought the same would happen to, uh, to Kelly Brook. Should have really booked Kerry Katona. Exactly. She'd have sorted it out, wouldn't she? Mm -hmm. Quarter past six. Morning team, 19 minutes past six. It's Wednesday morning in London town. Not cold. I don't think it's that cold, actually, this morning. But uh, yesterday, our afternoon was brightened up by the South Bank Awards. I think you get them on the 28th of this month. And it was such a star-studded lineup. I mean, luckily, I don't think... I, I, I might be caught on camera because I'm sitting next to Christopher Biggins and also one of the award winners, who was uh, Alfred Brendel. And uh, it, was, it was really good. But Elaine Page, she laughed a lot, Elaine Page. New haircut. And Jason Donovan also laughed a lot. In fact, we spent most of the time laughing at our table. I've got no idea why. We just laughed. But it was, it was really good. A good time was had by all. So thank you to, uh, to Jonathan Levi and all the team as well. 6.20. Uh, we also had great music yesterday. We had um, the violinist, whose name I keep forgetting, Nigel Kennedy, who was 
Excellent. I mean, excellent. Michael Ball, excellent. And there was a group on, and for the life of me, I can't remember who they were. They might have been Elbow. They might have been Elbow, but I, I don't think they were, actually. I think they were somebody else. Razorlight. They were Razorlight. They were excellent. Have you ever yeah, seen Razorlight? Razor Light, very good, yeah. My God, they were very good, and they were playing mm. on a little tiny stage. It was good. Very good. Although Steve Hargrave, I saw this week on the television, I caught him because he was talking to Tom Cruise, who looked like he'd had surgery. He looked about 15 years old. <laughs> That's Tom Cruise as opposed to Steve Hargrave. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was, wasn't he? he? He looked really young. He looked so... In fact, when I looked at him and you, you ended up looking a bit older than him. Yeah, I was looking at a photo of him again. He's back around today, actually. Tonight, he's, he's down in Leicester Square tonight. Um, so we'll go down and we'll ask him. Yeah. Has he had anything done? Well, because, to be honest with you, I looked at him, and, and I know that if, if the camera catches him from the wrong side, it doesn't look like Tom Cruise. Mm. Looks like somebody oh, different. Yeah. And obviously your cameras were on the right-hand side, panning across, which yeah. I found very interesting, because I had to keep looking at him thinking, is that Tom Cruise? Yeah, he does look really young, because he's 46, I think. Is he? Yeah. Old. Yeah. A child. A child, 46. He's getting older as well. Yeah. Well, as I say, yesterday, I was very, very good, and... Sorry? South Bank Awards. South Bank Awards, yeah. Who Elbow were there, weren't they? Elbow were there, yeah, but Razorlight played for us. Yeah. Really? I mean, I tell you, was it good? Were you covering it? No, we didn't do that, actually, but um, I spoke to some other people in the evening who'd been down there covering that. Yeah. Every star in town was there. Yeah. All the celebrities, Ronnie Wood, Cameron, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Did Ronnie have his little girlfriend with him? No, he didn't. Uh. Well, he, he, he had a little friend with him. But I suspect yeah. it was called rum and coke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to cast discussions on the man. Good old Ronnie. He was back on it again. <laughs> <laughs> right, on to the music. Yeah, well, we went down the Brit Awards uh, launch last night. Oh, right. Which wasn't star-packed, it has to be said. Um, but, you know, it was nice to be okay, there. Yeah. Um, uh, the nominations themselves, actually, I wasn't really surprised by that. I don't know if you've seen the list or... Or care. I had a quick look, but I, to be honest with you, I couldn't care less, really. I'll tell you for why. Because the, the Brit Awards, I always thought, are put up by the industry to try and flog albums that they've got shed loads full of. Yeah, that's one theory, isn't it, about yeah. the Brit Awards? Um, yeah, because it is all by the industry, people. Yes. Um, no real surprises, though. I mean, actually, it's albums that have all sold really well. Pretty populist albums. Uh, I think Coldplay are up for four, Duffy are up for four. And you have, like, in the best album, like, Elbow, Radiohead, Ting Tings, Girls Are Louder in their Special British group, Lord. take that. No real surprises. That's, yeah. what, that's all I thought when I read the list. It just looks obvious, but uh, I think the only thing was no, Best British Male. There isn't really a great British Male from the last year, so... Who got it last year? Can you remember? Um, oh, that's a chestnut trying to remember a year ago. Who was it? Oh, uh, Mark Ronson got it, didn't he? Mark Ronson. Yeah, so this year it's Ian Brown, James oh. Morrison, Paul Weller, Streets, Will Young. God. Well, w w Will Young was with us yesterday at the South Bank Awards. He, now, he's good, and he's he's a lovely guy, but I, do, I just don't feel that he's done... He had an album out, didn't he? I just don't feel that anyone's really excelled yeah. at British Mel Wright. It's been a year of the ladies, isn't it? So. Be interesting to see. All right. uh, but anyway, let's play... Uh, uh, I always love it when he yawns. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love it when you I try and stay awake. I'm up today. I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> uh, to... music, I'll try and gather myself. Everybody else in bed gather, going, well, gather. that's not helped. <laughs> um, yeah, you two, they're going to be playing. They announced, uh, take that, Coldplay. You two, they've already announced they're going to be playing there. They're going to be there at the ceremony February the 18th. 
you two will play their new single, which is this one. We'll play a little bit of it. It's called uh, Get On Your Boots. I have to pick uh, one this week, which is going to be the producer's favourite. Uh, I'm not sure, actually, whether or not that's it. Uh, I'm not you a fan of you, you I'm not a big fan. No? No, not well, really. It sounds, it sounds like you too. that's all I can really say Yeah, about it just that, sounds though. like standard you 2 I'm a bit bored with Bonio. And, uh, d- what's the matter? No, I, th- I don't think it sounds like you 2 I, I was... Oh, did I you think? No, I didn't think that sounded like you 2 at all, because I'm not you 2 fan. I was listening to that thinking, that's actually quite good. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, Shut up. Him and his kind of... Sit back in your chair. Him <laughs> in his talky, rappy mood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK, on to Whispertown 2000. Yeah, Whispertown 2000. I'm only going to play these because the album's out um, on Monday next week, and they're playing at the end of the Road Festival, which isn't in town, but it's down in uh, Dorset, which is my hometown. Which so certainly I get away is. with mentioning it. Yeah. Um, they announced that Steve Earle's going to play there as well in September, but we're going to start hearing about all the festivals soon, about who's playing. That one sounds quite good. Whispertown 2000, then they're a band from Los Angeles. Uh, feel quite nice. Uh, let's play a track of theirs called Done With Love. That's, uh, that's producer's choice. Whispertown yeah. 2000, yeah. Done With Love. Yeah. Done With Very Love. Very nice. Done, be playing I think actually well. that's his uh, favourite, although I haven't heard the last one yet, so I'm going to have a, a quick listen to The National. Yep, The National. The National are a band, uh, I think they're from America. They've put together this charity album that's mm-hmm. got. Uh, David Burns on it, Arcade Fire, Feist, Cat Power. Loads of really good bands. It's in, uh, in AIDS, oh, Red Hot AIDS organization. Um, so the album's called Dark Was the Night. It's out on February the 16th. You can listen to some of the songs on uh, their MySpace page, myspace.com, Dark Was the Night. Uh, it looks like being quite a good album, actually, for a good cause. And let's play this song, see what you reckon. This is by The National, and it's uh, off the album called So Far Around the Bend. Lovely choice this week. Apart from you two, Whispertown 2000 and the Nationals so far around the bend. I've got to pick one of those, Steve, which I think would be the uh, the one that the producer would like. Okay, cool. Oh, fun game. And, and it's, 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 I'm torn between... Um, it, it's nef- definitely not going to be you two. It's going to be either Whispertown or the National. And because he smiled when Whispertown came on, I'm assuming <laughs> it's Whispertown. Is it Whispertown? Oh, blow. It's the other one. Because I thought Whispertown, because it's got the girls in it, and he, he likes Google the more girlies. Girl. And uh, so it's Whispertown 2000, Done With Love, which was my favourite, but the national so far around the bend is what the producer liked. Quick gigs, Grace Jones, Roundhouse. Yeah, Grace Jones, Roundhouse on Tuesday. I know someone is going down. So he's being dragged by his missus, actually, but uh, oh, right. she'd be an interesting gig one way or another. <laughs> um, she'd be fun to watch. Lily Allen's playing next week, next Wednesday, but you're going to be hearing a lot of Lily Allen all over the place. Yeah. Their uh, new single's out uh, on Monday. And book quickly um, from Mott the Hoople. Mott the Hoople, yeah. They've, uh, they're going to play a 40th anniversary show at the Hammersmith Apollo all the way in October. Seems miles away, but tickets are on sale now, October the 2nd and the 3rd. Absolutely. Of Steve? The young dude. Yeah. Dude, Roll dude, away dude. the stone. Thank you for that. We'll talk to you next That's week. All right. Take care. Bye. 26 minutes to 7 is the time. It's Wednesday morning in London town. Still to come, the horse racing. Lovely. Before that, the sporting headlines with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Good morning. Manchester United through to the Carling Cup final after a 4-2 win over Derby last night. 4-3 on aggregate. Nani, John O'Shea and Carlos Tevez all scored to put United 3-0 up before half-time. And a late Cristiano Ronaldo penalty sealed the victory after Giles Barnes had scored twice for Derby. It came at a cost, though, a number of players suffering injury problems. Anderson and Raphael thought to be the most serious. But manager Sir Alex Ferguson was still delighted at reaching his 14th domestic final. Great performance the first half, absolutely brilliant. I think I think the injuries always derailed us in the second half. We had to make changes we wouldn't have liked to have made, but we had to.
Holders Tottenham almost certain to face United at Wembley in the final. Spurs defend a 4-1 first leg lead at Burnley tonight. Championship side Doncaster have booked an FA Cup fourth round tie at home to Aston Villa. They beat Cheltenham 3-0 in their third round replay last night. Robinho says he only walked out on Manchester City's training camp because of a family matter and expects to play in the club's Premier League game against Newcastle next week. But reports today suggest he can still expect to be fined for a breach of discipline as rumours persist he's fallen out with manager Mark Hughes and his disappointed fellow Brazilian Kaká won't be joining him at Eastlands. As Andy Murray and Elena Bautasha, Britain's two survivors at the Australian Open, prepare for their second round matches tomorrow. Roger Federer and defending champion Novak Djokovic have cruised into the last 32. LBC's Dave Luddy has all the day three details so far from Melbourne. Federer was as smooth as a mountain stream as he dismissed the Russian qualifier Evgeny Korolov, dropping just six games, while Djokovic defeated the Frenchman Jeremy Shardy, conceding just nine games. In much cooler conditions here, neither player, surprisingly, was perturbed by the sounds of a live noisy band which wafted across the complex, nor by the many fans more interested in the care products on offer from one of the sponsors than the tennis. As for Marat Safin enjoying an Indian summer, he too uneasily, and now faces Federer next, his semi-final conqueror at Wimbledon last year, but an opponent he beat in a five-set semi before clinching the 2005 title. And they race today at Huntington and Musselburgh and on the all-weather at Wolverhampton and Kempton. And we've got Steve Allen's racing tip next. LBC Sport with Dawkins Bailiffs, helping commercial landlords get what they're owed. Steve Allen. I'm failing to understand why this becomes Steve Allen's racing tip. Because <laughs> it's yours, Phil. It's yours. And yesterday... Had you gone each way? I know. Second, you, wasn't it? You were second. And also, Alex was second as well, would take me there. Uh, your Majuro was second, lost £2. Your total loss is now £17.20. Uh, Alex's is £14.97. And he says, I guess Mr Blacker is claiming some improvement with our two second places, but we oh, lost two quid each on Monday, £2 on Tuesday. Where's the improvement? <laughs> well, if he'd gone each way, come on, Alex, you know I'm trying to persuade him. I persuaded the last one. It took about two years, but we got there eventually. <laughs> I mean, I'm Probably sure... Probably a similar time, uh, time frame. Yeah. Maybe. Well, uh, 4.50 at Wolverhampton, which is the all-weather track, mm -hmm. uh, and Alex has gone for Castinus. Castinus. Okay, I've also gone to Wolverhampton, 5.20. I'm quite confident about this one. Milne Bay. Milne Bay. Milne Bay to right. win. Do you want to go each way, or...? To win. Oh, to, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident about oh, really? this one. I've had a third and a second, so uh, this, this is, is this the is, one. Oh, right, he, he thinks this is it. In other words... A bit, say, bit worried about the price, because at the moment it's not bad, but I think this will be a, a short price favourite by the time it goes off. Oh, right. Do, so, oh, do, do we only get the price when it crosses finishing line, I, then? I, pres uh, I presume you take the starting price. Oh, right. Duller, isn't it? It's a shame we can't mm. make some money and wipe out your £17. Pound exactly. So at the moment, it's a, it's a very good price, is it? It's not too bad. About 5 yeah. to 2, I think, at the moment. Oh, OK. Just remember at home, we only play for fun. It's only for fun. <laughs> just in case people think that we're, we're serious about it's this. It's a good job as well. It's just as well. We've been doing it for about six years now, and we, we've never had to profit <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> Blooming useless. Phil, thank you. Thank you very much. Summer's arrived. Phil is wearing a T-shirt, which means that <laughs> it warm, must have arrived. It is warm, isn't it? Is it warm in here? It is. Oh, is it? Warm, oh, right, warm upstairs as well. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was quite cool in here, actually. You think this is warm? Ish. No, it's warmer in the corridor outside. When you walk through that door there, I felt like putting benches out and little thing with a bucket of water, because it's like a sauna. <laughs> I thought nobody else would be sitting in there with me, so, again, another another avenue of pleasure denied me. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Phil will be back on breakfast later on with Nick. It's his uh, last day coming live from Washington, D.C., President Obama's first day in office. Uh, incidentally, yes, I have talked about Come Dine With Me, and please, if you watch it today, can you try and tell me what the accent for the older lady is? Because she's got a very stress... Somebody said it was posh northern, but she's either got some... Somebody thinks that her, her jaw's been broken because her head's tipped back most of the time, but she's got this peculiar accent. I've never known anything like it. I don't know if it's put on 
or, or, or anything. So do let me know. If you watch it today, let, let me know tomorrow. Uh, in fact, Steve, uh, the woman in, um, the older lady in Come Down With Me can't look straight ahead. Has she had her jaw broken? I imagine by the end of this week, somebody will break it for her. Uh, Kelly was on Alan Titchmarsh on Monday, Steve. Sat there giggling the whole time. So boring, says Joanne. I saw it too. People like the Waitrose staff make me think of one of my favourite sayings, says Stevie. Get over yourself. You're only a shop worker. Do you remember oh. that was that was used in Ab Fab? Do you remember where, where Adina goes in to buy some art? And the woman goes, what sort of art are you looking for? And Adina goes, well, I just art, you know, just art. I want to buy lots and lots of art. And goes, well, I don't know if we've got anything for you, really. She says, get over yourself. You're only a shop girl. <laughs> you know, because people in art galleries are terribly posh, well, yeah, aren't they? Well, yeah, they are. They are. Exactly the same. I tell you who else is terribly posh. The women who work on the makeup counters. Mm. Have you noticed that? The women who work on the makeup counters, because they've got so much of it on, they're all terribly, terribly like that. Except yeah. all the ones I know. <laughs> the only thing is, I don't really... I have to admit, whenever I go in a store, I always bypass that area. I don't like it. Because oh, I don't like them coming up to me and saying, Hey, madam, would you like a little spray? I'm like, no, really, I don't, because I've got on whatever I've got on, and I don't want you spoiling it. Oh, right. Um, I don't like them approaching me. So if I, if I know a store, I will always go in the entrance What have you got on? Well, this morning I've got a little Joe Malone on. Oh, we've got Joe Malone. Yes. Let's see. I've gosh. got the nutmeg and ginger on. Oh, right. Yeah, I've got some of that for Christmas. Nutmeg some body cream. Oh. Yes, I'm Lord, there's no one. pampering you, yeah. is there? Mm-hmm. My God, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Susan Spence climbing into bed. You give her a big hug and she shoots straight out of your arms <laughs> the other side. <laughs> Fun to watch. But <laughs> she's a bit like an old wine. The producer. Oh, mulled what? wine. He thinks you like mulled wine with nutmeg and. Oh, I do like a mulled wine, actually, Gary. He's a little right. bit like the banker. I was going to say, all In of fact, a many people have about? said that, that Gary, you know, a right banker he is. He really <laughs> is. Uh, apparently, uh, I didn't see much of the inauguration, says D, but uh, all the furor brings to mind Tony Blair's win. So much expectation. Can he live up to it? I hope he can. I hope he can. Yeah, ho- yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you remember we were talking earlier on in the beginning about Michelle's outfits, and we weren't very yes. sure about it. Basically, it, it was designed by a Cuban-American designer called Isabel Toledo. Oh, good. And the idea was that she wanted something... It, it doesn't look like this in the, pap- in the papers, but on television it was a sunny yellow colour, and she said that it signified optimism, which is why she chose it. Well, it's sunny it was, but it did look like the sort of fabric you have covering a three-piece suite. Um, am I? Yeah. Are you, are you what? He's telling me I'm off mic. That's because you know why that is. It's very strange in this studio. I find. I'm sorry. I can't. I help like it. to I'm look at. Like this. I like to look at you when I t- when I talk because yeah. it's the natural thing to do. And you can't. Do. I know. It's... But of course, in this mic, I'm actually looking at the television as opposed to looking at you, and that's not natural. No. You see, what I've done as well because if I look straight ahead, as you know, if you've you've checked out the uh, the YouTube, do you know thousands of people have actually checked out YouTube now? Really? Uh, because we've got a little thing in the studio, and I've changed it because I don't want to look at the producer in the morning. I find it a bit distracting, so I've painted a mural, <laughs> and I'm looking at the Canadian Rockies at the moment, which is far more beneficial <laughs> <laughs> than having to look at the producer. Do you know what, though? I think I was going to say, I think I've got an idea. I think Nick, when I'm in really? next week, I think what I could do is I could sit there. It's been like a big, huge dining room table, it? Isn't is it is like a dining room table. I could sit there at the other end, and then I can see you, and then I'm on mic, straight on and mic. And then we can have soup. How lovely. Yes. Two soups. And we can throw <laughs> things at each other. Yes, because somebody passed the salt. I'm yeah. to shove it. I've always wanted to be in a bar, you know, where somebody goes, can you send me a drink down and you whiz it down whiz it the down, bar? Yeah, without and it goes straight off the everywhere. end of the bar. <laughs> I think actually it was done as a sketch for Morecambe and Wise. Uh, 8485, I did not see the documentary last night highlighting knife crime, far too many other things on the television. I did read in the Daily Star that Kelly Brook is an actress and a model. Actress, says Tony. 
Uh, well, she did star in the West End, but I think people only went to see her because she was in a bikini. Although, strangely enough, Baby Spice has said that she's going to uh, acting classes in America. She wants to get back into acting. I wasn't actually aware she'd ever been in acting, apart from Spice World the movie. And my advice is get that off the CV as quick as possible. I heard that she wanted, yeah, I heard that she wanted to uh, replace Danny Minogue in The X Factor. Was the last thing no, I did. Because she you see, can't. they've all seen what's happened to Cheryl and think, yeah, oh my but God. But the trouble is, Cheryl was just right for it. Right place, right time, right person. Very lucky husband had just cheated uh, with that lovely, attractive hairdresser. <laughs> so, of course, it was, it was absolutely right. Whereas, I'm afraid with sort of Baby Spice, it's not, it's not as exciting. She's tried Loose Women. She's not very good. She can't talk about anything else apart from herself. She's a bit Jackie Brambles, mm. I'm afraid. And Jackie Brambles can only talk about her in America. Well, that's right, and she hasn't been in America for years, No, I know. It, it is a bit tedious, I'm afraid. But, you know, it, she sort of, she survives with it, and I suppose people quite like it. It's Denise Welsh that's the odd one. Uh, is it Denise Welsh on that program? Yeah, the one that used to be in Coronation Street. Yeah. Oh. I have to admit, I don't, I don't watch Loose Women because, although I like it, I don't like them talking over each other. I'd love to do something like Loose Women, but I just find with all these women talking over each other, they're all yeah. fighting for attention. And you just think, you know what, one of you speak and then we can all hear what you're saying. Yes. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I kind of turn it off a bit. Yes. I can't remember, and we can't remember now, who sang It Should Have Been Me. It was Yvonne somebody. Not Yvonne Elliman. It was Yvonne. I'm sure, sure it was Yvonne somebody. I didn't think it was. I thought it was somebody else. And I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell Am I stupid or what? I've got a blooming iPod I'm looking at here. Do you think it's called It Should Have Been Me? It should have been. Have we not got the? Have we not got the? Have we got the web on one of these computers? Uh, probably have. Yeah. It should have been me. It. Wait a minute. It. It. No, I haven't got. It should have been me, which doesn't help, does it? I'll I, try oh, and I don't find know, it on like, this computer. Uh, I V E. It. I'm. No. It. It. Crikey! It should have been me. Can you find it? I'm Somebody will know true. what it's called. But it's well. I mean, we know what it's called. We just can't. I think it was on Motown. Yvonne Fair. Yvonne Fair. Yvonne Fair. Yvonne. You were right. It was an Yvonne. Well done. Yvonne Fair. Mm. So there you go. Somebody wrote in and, and thought it was uh, Dawn French. <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> Rayan Balham says, I wonder how many hundred journalists and crew the BBC had in Washington to cover the inauguration of President Obama. Quite a few more than the LBC team. The LBC team is two. <laughs> two people. That's uh, Kevin... McClarley's and, uh, and McClarley's. Nicholas Ferrari. <laughs> and that's it. Plus, of course, they have a team out there of people who sort of connect things up and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I should imagine the BBC would have had a minimum, minimum of about 250 people, I would think, for something like this. It would, it would be seen as a jolly for them. Sadly, not for our lot. Not for our lot. Because the moment Nick finishes today, they pack their little overnight bags and they're back on a plane because they're back here on Friday morning working. So it's uh, far from the jolly that some people th In fact, nobody thinks it's a jolly round here at all. It's just blooming it's hard, hard work. work yeah. Very hard work on that one. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More from lovely Susan Spence in a moment, complete with my goodies. And if you want to know what goodies she's had her hands on this morning, you'll have to podcast the programme. It's quarter to seven. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Nick Ferrari. Uh, uh, coming live from Washington, D.C. today. Charlie Wolfe will be doing the papers. Uh, Judy James, the body language expert, will be talking about uh, why did he fluff the oath and uh, did the speech live up to expectations? Uh, plus, a friend of mine has just uh, texted Yvonne Fair. Yvonne Fair. Yvonne yes. Fair, it should have been it me. It's a great, I love that song. It's, oh, it's, it's so dramatic, isn't it? It is. I'd love to be at a wedding when somebody pipes up and says, yes, I object. Oh, and I'm doing it at the off. end of the month. 
But you're going to stand yes, up and say... Yes, I'm absolutely... Yes, I'm going to stand there. Wouldn't you love something like that? Because when you watch <laughs> the soaps, it happens every time. But yeah. in real life, it never happens, or at least never at any wedding no, I'm determined to. to do it to liven up the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jan in Bedfont says, Can you thank Susan for her soap updates? I sent the details to my friend's daughter, who was stationed in Iraq last year, and reading the weekly details I sent, kept her amused and in touch with what was happening on her favourite soaps. Oh, that's nice. There you go. Susan Spence travels the world. <laughs> And she says, I'd love to see you on Come Dine With Me and all of your guests' faces when you prepare your Brussels sprouts, Costco potato and steak combo with em any M&S side dish. Ooh, I wouldn't eat your Brussels sprouts. Would you not? Oh, no. Oh, can't why not? Brussels. I can't bear them. Oh. Ugh. Oh, I thought you'd like them. No, bitter. They're Sorry? Bitter. Oh, I thought you about me. <laughs> um, the answer is yes, probably. Richie says, Susan, that U2 song sounds very like the Escape Club's Wild Wild West from 1988. Oh, I, yes, I know that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, maybe that's I take I it that. Bono is a fan of that song, which went to number one in America of that year. It's very catchy, the mm. Escape Club one, he says. <laughs> we love Richie. He came to Croydon. He came to Croydon. Did he? Yes. In fact, everybody came to Croydon, actually, last year for our uh, do. Uh, Dawn in Rice Slip. Morning, Dawn. Just enjoying hearing my weekly fix of Steve Hargrave and his music news, even though he did yawn a bit. He did yawn. The yawning <laughs> bit. A bit. I cannot understand. The trouble is, he openly yawns. <laughs> he does. I just find it unbe He's done it before. I'm with Susan on the U2 song. I didn't think it sounded like U2 either. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. She says, I guess he was out late at the Brit Award nominations. I don't think we're looking for excuses for him, Dawn. <laughs> I think if somebody can't stay awake for ten minutes, I mean, goodness sake. Uh, Pete in Wimbledon says the old lady on Come Dine With Me reminds me of a piranha fish. I can't remember if she eats like one. She's got the oddest voice. She's, you really have to have to check it out. You really have to check it out because it's it's Come Dine With Me and it's uh, Channel 4, I think. Is it a new Yes, it's a new series, yes. But the, these are people who hate each other. Mm. This is the first time we've had one where people have left in tears... Somebody said, I'm, one of the men has got serious um, emotional issues. I don't know what, what problems he's got, but he's, he's quite clearly not all there in the head because he's, he's just rude to people. I've seen it only a few times, and most of the people have not been very nice. But I I'm thinking, it. God, it's like a real... You know, imagine having all these people come round and be mean to you. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Like... I mean, it's so good at the moment. Oh, incidentally, for all those people who uh, the other day had problems with the podcasting, it's all back and working as normal. All the podcasts have been, here's a technical term, redispatched. So uh, <laughs> they're all... <laughs> They're all up there. You don't even know what that means. They were working through the night. And all this, Alistair, Alistair, who reads the news, can't remember his name, Alistair somebody, and he said that the other day, he said, oh, we were doing something, looking at the copy. That's a journalistic term, he said, looking at the copy. The copy. Oh, dear, I tell you, London um, tonight really gets the worst reporters ever. They're the, de the most deeply unattractive. At the moment, they've moved the showbiz girl into the studio, and she looks like a rabbit caught in headlights. She can't read auto cue very well and obviously can't ad lib because the other day she was looking at Alistair and going, Yeah, and then obviously someone, you, and, uh, uh, and then turn around to face the camera to sort of catch up where she was. It's an art, dear, and you've not got it. Okay. It's a program I never watch. Yes. Steve, I would like to invite you, says Jane, to the decorative antiques fair in Battersea Park this week. Loads of stuff to buy. Mm -hmm. There you go. She says, We're loyal podcasters living in France. Even Joe, who's 11, listens to you, mainly to help him get to sleep. <laughs> not very nice. I'm not coming to your antique fair at all. I only go to special things organised by my friend Jonathan Levi. It's as simple as that. Uh, Susan. Yes, can, shall I quickly run through? Yes, go very on. Very quickly. Yes. Um, Emmerdale last night finished. It was very good. Eli got arrested for, by the police for um, killing Shane. You know, of Verity course. Rushworth is going into hairspray. 
Yes, yes, because she leaves actually next week. She leaves Emmerdale next oh, week. Oh, does she? Well, she's going to yeah. Hedgeway. And Michael Ball has just extended his run till July. Oh, okay. So good. good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I like Verity. I yeah. hope Verity does well. She's one of the ones that. They're not killing her off. She's leaving, actually. She's just taking a transfer. That's a shame. Uh, because basically, what happens, uh, Marlon discovers that she's been visiting Ross in prison and decides to divorce her. Uh, so that happens. Can we get rid of Marlon? I've had yes, of exactly. Him you know, you know. Next week he kisses his cousin um, Chastity, <laughs> but then the Dingles do keep it in the family. Mm. Um, on Friday, Jasmine <laughs> confesses to Laurel that she killed Shane. Uh, next week, get this: Debbie's arrested after Eli can tells the police that she killed Shane. Ah, oh, dear! It all happens, eh? <laughs> uh, also, next week, who's leaving is Matthew Bowes, who plays Paul. He heads off with Johnny to live with him in Australia. Uh, Coronation Street. Uh, Maria's back to worrying about Tony, Good. and uh, she he basically on Friday confesses to the fact that uh, he killed Jed Stone and in the factory, and they all partied around him while he was in one of the knicker baskets. <laughs> It's like just it's your like average comedy, week. Just but it's your not really week. meant to be, is it? Um, <laughs> Kevin Webster finds a pregnancy test kit in the bathroom bin. Oh, now there yeah. are three women in, the in that house. Could it be Sally? Could it be Rosie? Could it be Sophie? Well, it's not going to be Sally. Could it is be the it? writers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be. Uh, everybody thinks it's Rosie. It turns out apparently it's Sophie, but it's just an attention-seeking behaviour. Oh, so. And next week, Stephanie Beecham appears on Monday. Ooh, lovely. Uh, in the in the show. Nice. Um, and very quickly on EastEnders, I'm trying to think what happens in EastEnders. Um, we find out about the plan from Dot's little granddaughter, who is in cahoots with her dad Nick to fleece her. They want to try and kill her for fifty grand. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, and uh, what else happens? Oh, I got jotted down here. Um, yeah, Ronnie. Janine is really playing Ronnie and Jack against each other. Janine, you know, Charlie Brooks, yes. who plays Janine, is wonderful, and they're really stepping it up with yeah. her. It's really quite enjoyable watching Just cling on um, to your job this time. There. Yeah, yeah, that's all that she does. And um, little uh, Lauren says, I don't want to come home to this madhouse. I've had enough of it, because she was the one who tried to kill her dad. It's, it's just so... <laughs> there's just ridiculous storylines at the moment. Seems so normal here, doesn't yeah, it, ladies and yeah. gentlemen? <laughs> Um, but I, I tell you the one thing that happens next, which just goes to show EastEnders, kind of at the moment, um, but we want to just throw it in. Tanya gets her hair cut. She's got Joe Joe Joyner, who I know you like. She's a good actress. Mm -hmm. She's had her hair cut and she's got a bob, and it's revealed next week. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in for you because it's a Lovely. bit of lightheartedness amongst all the murder. God for that. Dee says, when are we going to have Susan doing some overnights again? She's great. Oh, thank you. I don't know. Whenever whenever Anthony goes on holiday. <laughs> I'll push Hopefully. him on holiday. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dee says, I wish I'd been at the South Bank Awards yesterday, only for the goodie bags. Oh, uh, Mitch says, uh, the BBC have always wasted money. I remember Disney time when they would take an entire crew to Disney World just to introduce cartoon clips. Uh, I tell you who's doing an advert on the television at the moment, and I, I don't know why the BBC ever used him, because you know, I can't remember his name now. He used to be a presenter of Disney time, then he went to do sports, and now he's doing an advert for double glazing on a lighthouse. Oh, the Irish boy. The Irish boy. Um, and I think, I thought that was against the BBC charter. Completely. They're not allowed to have people doing that. It's the advert that... Craig somebody. Craig Donnelly or Craig Doyle? Doyle. Craig, Craig Doyle. Doyle. But uh, terribly boring. I remember seeing Graham Norton interviewing him. Uh, it was Vicky Carr, says Darren. No, no, no. Vicky Carr had a song called It Must Be Him. Oh, dear God, it must be him. Da, 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 oh, yeah, da. that's not the same one. D different song from yeah. the one that we did. Uh, and Helen says, 
Brussels only bitter when overcooked. When cooked properly, they're lovely. So, mm. see so you told. Have a lovely day. You too, thank Susan you. Susan Spence, thank you very much indeed. She'll be back with us very shortly. Check out the soap updates on steveallenshow.com and if you type it in on YouTube, you get all our videos and you can have a look at what the studio looks like and how gorgeous and attractive we really are. <laughs> After the news, second day. He's live from Washington, D.C. Nick Ferrari right here on LBC 97.3. Week two of my attempt.